It's March, and March is designated as Women's History Month. And I thought it would be fitting to start out the month with an inspirational interview, an inspirational interview that I did with an inspirational woman I know personally who happens to be my coach. About two years ago, we did an interview called Raise Your Deserve Level. And in this interview, Darnielle Jervy Harmon talks about how many of us settle for things when we need to raise our deserve level, whether that be in our business, in our lives, in our relationships. And I thought it just would be a great interview to do a rewind with to just start out the month giving women an opportunity to inspire other women and just sharing the story of Daria Derby as she talks about raising your deserve level as well as giving us some business tips on what it took for her to build a million dollar business, a coaching and consulting business at that. So I hope that you enjoy this interview and we'll be back with a brand new episode next week for the Maximize Your Brand podcast. But Danielle, tell us a little bit more about you and about how you show up in the world each and every day. Yeah. So again, thank you for being here. I am Danielle Jervy Harmon, and there's always three things that I want people to know about me. Number one, I love God and I love him without apology. And I don't decrease my spirituality to make people feel more comfortable. Mm. I am bold. I am even flagrant, if, if need be, about the things of God and about helping people to understand the importance of spirituality in business. Mm-hmm. Number two, I love business. Oh, I could eat strategy all day long. Like, I just love it. There's something magical that happens inside of me when I'm helping a person flush out an idea to make more money, because I believe we all have an inherent divine right to make the most money because God has already preordained it with the least amount of effort. And then the third thing that I always share is that I am a little crazy, which means (laughs) I'm all about fun. I'm all about making you laugh as much as I make you think. And it is possible that I will say something that might sound a little crazy. Um, but I do it because, you know, life is too short and we don't laugh enough. And I want more laughter in the world. I want as much laughter as I want money in the mm. world. And there should be no shortage of either. That's good. You want as much laughter as you want money because money is important too, right? It is very important. And so many people are uncomfortable talking about it. Um, and it just has to stop. Like mm. we, we give it too much power. And that's why people get uncomfortable about it and around it. It's why they don't charge what they need to charge in business. It's why they um, are keeping up with the Joneses or robbing Peter to pay Paul or any of those little 
axioms that we like to use in life to kind of speak to where we are with our money, but it is literally just an energy that God created transactional in nature Mm -hmm. to bring us everything that has been already earmarked and reserved for us. We have a, a divine mandate and right to experience abundance. He said it in John and he said it after in Deuteronomy, he gave us the power to create wealth, which was after he told us in Genesis that we should take dominion over the earth. And so my, my, the way I show up in the world and the way I shake the planet is by creating an opportunity to help people to see themselves the way that God sees them so that we can remove fear and doubt and anything that is questioning or threatening to derail the God-given destiny that they have in order to do great work and serve people massively on this planet. That's good. That's good. You know, you've already gotten started and I've asked everybody uh, on this series, uh, the very first question has always been, when you hear women's history, what first comes to mind for you? You know, I think the first thing that popped into my head when I saw (laughs) Little Monica was Susan B. Anthony. And don't even ask me why, but like when I think about women's history, I think about great pioneers of women's suffrage, of creating Mm. a space for the role and importance of a woman to be heightened in the eyes of society. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we could all agree and we would all agree that were it not for women, like most of us wouldn't, none of us would exist. Right. Right. Except maybe Adam and Eve. Right. But outside of that, it would, it would be through women, but we also historically as a nation have discounted the value, the importance and the place and stature of women. And, you know, we have these causes like the Me Too's of the world that pop up every few years in a different name, but the same movement over and over and over again is trying to give women an opportunity to see themselves differently. And I think that's why for me and my work and working with entrepreneurs, I, without intention, spend my time working with the majority of women because women tend to trivialize their existence. They tend to downplay it so massively when they were created to really be the change that we all want to see on this planet. And so when I think about women's history, I think about an opportunity to help women to rise up, to see themselves differently and to stand boldly in their power and to do it in this day and age so that they'll be talking about it in years to come. That's good. Women are making history today as they did before. Oh, yeah. And now it's even more prominent and prevalent because of tools like social media, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, I can erect um, a movement on any particular thing, throw up a Facebook Live, get people to galvanize around it, have them share it and go viral. Mm -hmm. We could do that in Susan B. Anthony's day, right? And so... There's a lot more suffering that today we get to find a way to turn that suffering into significance so that we can use it in order to celebrate the legacy that women are creating. So what would you say would be that next thing or that next moniker or that next achievement, next level for women in in history or in today's society women should be considering moving to, you know, where, where are still their continued struggles? Yeah. I I think, I mean, around confidence, Mm. I think confidence is everything, right? I believe that our connection to God 
is what fortifies or doesn't fortify our confidence. And confidence is the tool. It's the character trait in you that gives you the power and the poise to position yourself to experience profitability. And that's profitability, whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee, right? Because if you are confident in your skill sets and what you bring to the table, you will go to your employer employer, and you will increase your ask. You will tell them that you need more because you're doing as much, if not more than your male counterparts. But just by the way that society has set it up, you're earning less, right? I, and I may not quote this exactly, but I think it's something like 56 cents on the dollar to what a man earns. Mm. And women are doing way more. And, and so in some places we have arrived as women, right? There are, there are more women running major corporations and being erected to boards that really have the ability to influence what happens in our country and around the world. But in some ways we've taken a step back, right? In the land of entrepreneurship, women continue to downplay their gifts and talents and charge way less than their male, male counterparts. And if we take black women to white women, there still is this disparity of bet between what they charge, but black women tend to charge, and this is data according to Darnielle, but I could probably go and find some statistics to back it up. In general, when I'm working with a, a new client, uh, a black woman to a white woman, the white woman, even though her prices still may not be right, they will be two to three times what the black woman would charge. Mm. Right? So there, there is this crazy dichotomy of, that is affecting women across the board, but then looking at a socioeconomic status and racial indicators, it could even be more so. And I don't know if you want our episode, I mean, it is Women's History Month to go in this direction, but I'm going to start staring us there and you just turn me around if you don't like it. But I think when I think about Black women, part of the challenge, I believe, and this is just the world according to Darnielle, um, is because of how uh, Black women came to be in this country, right? Mm -hmm. When we think about slavery and the role that slavery has played, even in religion, right? Religion, our Christianity is what our, our slave masters gave us Correct. as a way to continue to control us. And so many women are still living under the guise of control, but they're calling it <laughs> independence. And that's that's not really what's happening as evidenced by the way we show up. You know, in my my practice, my female clients are high achieving women of faith. They have two or three letters behind their name. And even with all of the accolades and all of the success and all of the school and the, the MBA or the MSW and the PhD or the JD or the, you know, whatever, CPA, they are still questioning their worth and their value. Hmm. And it, it, it upsets me. It really does. And it's, it's part of the reason why I consistently go on these crusades that I go on and why, you know, I'm doing as much work talking about mindset and spiritual alignment as I am talking about business growth strategy, because if you have the advanced degree, which means you have the knowledge and expertise, but you still are in a business that is not serving you both financially and spiritually, it's got to be a mindset issue. It's got to be a challenge with your deserve level, right? And so that presents for me the opportunity to help that woman to raise her deserve level, to see herself differently so that she can go and command it.
Because what I know, um, and I, I think you're coming to know this too, since we've been working together, is that people will pay you more than you think. Yes. With package and position yourself well. But it's a, a confidence thing, right? The the barometer is also is always the way you see yourself and how confident you are. I once closed a client a few years ago because of my confidence. She was like, you are so confident that you could help me that I had to hire you. And I put her in a position where for the first time ever, she generated $40,000 in a month and she took an entire month off in Hawaii. Wow. You know, before before you keep going, one of the things that I've noticed. So last night I had an opportunity to speak to some budding entrepreneurs who were just getting started. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to them about the whole idea of, you know, me learning people will pay me more for what I know than what I do and, and shifting my whole mindset of what people would pay me based on the value. But what was interesting is, is I was very passionate about what I was talking about. I was very convicted about what I was talking about. I was sold on what I was talking about. But then I walked away mm-hmm. having the thought of what many people would call the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like, I was convicted, I was passionate, but then I had to ask myself, well, what if they really find out I'm not all of what I just spoke? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, is that a lot of times we will sometimes teach, preach, mm-hmm. talk about what we know we deserve, what we know we should believe in, but still battle mm-hmm. with the conversation in our head. Are we really that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see it every day. I mean, I've been doing my breakthrough tour all month. We just finished Chicago last night and I see it constantly, right? And and my estimation of the problem is that, because I was in a room full of believers, people who would call themselves Christians, right? My estimation of the problem is that and this is my problem with religion. And I'm I'm taking my time because I want to say this in the right way. I want to say it in a way that perhaps creates a disruption and sparks conversation for the people who are joining us live or the people who will watch this in the replay. But I also want to deal with the delicate nature of exactly what it is. And so what I estimate the challenge is, is that although we have been religious, we haven't truly been in relationship. Hmm. So one of the things that I will often ask is I will say, you know, how many of you would agree that right now your relationship with God is like this? Like you would say that on a scale from one to 10, you and God are like seven to 10, somewhere in that lane. And every hand in the room goes up. Right. And then I say, conversely, how many of you would say you have challenges with your confidence and every hand in the room goes up? And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) How can you and God be like this and you have confidence issues? Mm. How, it's not possible. And that, which is why I say connection creates confidence, right? And so when I see powerful, badass, there's no other way to describe them, women or men for that matter, who are operating beneath their divine right and mandate, I have to guess 
that it's because they are not really in relationship with God. Mm. There would be no question. Now, they might know God. God might know them. They might go to church every Sunday. They might be able to call every scripture that I could begin to utter out of my mouth without giving the verse. Um, But that doesn't mean you're in relationship. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I went to church, I was there every Sunday and every Wednesday. And I opened my Bible when I was there. But when I left, God wasn't in me. I wasn't living that every single day. And I was literally taking what the person, you know, the pastor, the bishop, the apostle, the whoever was at the front of the room, whatever they had to say as the law until I had a cathartic experience, until the bottom fell out of my life. And I chose not, I chose to run from the church, but I chose to run towards God. And everything changed because I started to actually myself the way he saw me. And if I had saw myself that way from the onset, I would have never gotten into that situation because I would have known I deserved better. I would have known that I was worthy of someone who was of a much better caliber than the person I settled for. Yeah. And see, what we have to do is we have to not mistake what we go through and what God leads us through so that he can develop our character for what we settle for, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And that's what we're doing more often than not because we don't have the true alignment, compass, goal, goal, goal not, what am I trying to say? Guide points in place to help us to steer our life in the ways that are going to give us the best possible outcomes. Yeah. And And so whenever I see that, that's immediately what I go to. I'm like, I don't care what you tell me out of your mouth. I don't even care what your body language says. The fact that this is your reality right now is an indication to me that that most important relationship is off. Hmm. And I think personally that, you know, your spirituality governs everything. Yeah. Which is why I've started, excuse me, to take up this mantle to talk about it and to talk about it openly because separating church and state was a, it was a bad mis- decision from the time they tried to take prayer out of schools. It was a bad decision. Um, and it's the reason why people are floundering because they don't have something solid to stand on. And I think spirituality and connection with God is that solid thing to stand on, especially when you're approaching the darkness of the unknown. Yeah. You know, and, and it can be a challenging journey and challenging walk. I mean, even those, you know, when you study the Bible and then when you, and when you read it, even those who walk with Jesus still had levels of doubt and, and, and Jesus always challenged that doubt and asked them, why would you have the doubt? And I'm with you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm in the boat, right? right? I'm, I'm here. Why, why be afraid of the storm when the one who controls the storm is is with you. And so it is a a daily journey and a opportunity for all of us to to think about you know what is that relationship that we truly have? Are we really in relationship the way we know we should be in relationship so that we don't have to have those challenges with self-doubt or doubt in general. Right. And we and you know all of us, myself included, once upon a time have been dealing with what I call, you know, the inner seven-year-old syndrome, right? Mm. 
So for those of you who don't know, let me just quickly break it down for you. So when you are born, you're not born with a conscious mind. You're born just with a subconscious. And your subconscious mind is extremely powerful. It takes everything that's presented to it as if it's the truth, right? And so when you're born from birth through the age of seven, who you will become as a person on this planet is formed. And it's formed based on everything you take in that's happening around you. Now, most of us, most people, even the richest of people come from dysfunction. And so we're surrounded by dysfunction day in and day out. And you're literally a sponge or a hard drive taking it all in. And then from that, you create the patterns that will become your life. And so for in your life, in seven years, seven years um, cycles, if you will, you create and recreate patterns. And sevens, because seven is the number of perfection and completion, you know, even in who you are, God thought it all the way through, right? And so most of us have taken in some negative, non-empowering or disempowering, non-life-affirming things, right? Whether it was your parents, like let's say your parents were divorced or getting divorced or, or never together, and your mom or dad says you're just like, you know, insert the parent that wasn't present. And or every time something goes wrong, they're like, you're going to be you're not going to be nothing just like your dad mm. or you're not going to be anything just like your mother. You're going to be full of beep, just like and, and you you're you're a sponge. You're taking all of that in. And then when you get to that moment in your life, when you need confidence, the tape that starts to play is that you're not going to be anything just like. Right. And so you find yourself, because your subconscious mind takes everything presented to it as if it's the truth, trying to battle against what has been your truth since the age of seven. And it's really hard unless you're willing to do the inner work. And so most of us, we are whatever age we are, and we are masquerading as adults when we're really seven-year-olds. And our inner seven-year-old is running our life. And it is the reason why we don't have the things that we want to have. It's the reason why we are the way that we are. It's the reason why we think we're an imposter. It's the reason why we are fearful. It's the reason why we struggle with money. It's the reason why we struggle in relationships. It's the reason why it's the reason why it's the reason why. Until we finally do our work to shift the pattern. And that's the part no one wants to do, Marquis, right? As I say, everybody wants a booming business, but no one wants to deal with their busted life. And the bust in your life doesn't have to be all hell broke loose. The bust could just be that you undercharge because you don't understand your value in the marketplace or you're constantly looking to the left and right, comparing yourself to other people, or you're constantly questioning the purpose God gave you and questioning whether or not you heard him when you know that you know you heard him and you heard him clearly. But now that you're in a spot of uncomfortability, you want to challenge everything that you know to be true because your inner seven-year-old has been telling you since you were five years old that you'll never be who you think you want to be. Mm. And so the cycle replays and replays and replays. And we are seven-year-olds trying to be CEOs of companies. And that's why our companies are struggling. Wow. Well, we want to thank you for joining us live. And those of you who are typing in your questions and typing in your statements, we will get to those questions towards the end of this interview. And so that's interesting uh, that you say that we all do want booming businesses, but many times we don't want to deal with our busted lives. And why is it important to deal with your life because some people would say, well, I've, I see people all the time with 
successful businesses and their lives are messed up. Mm-hmm. So what is your philosophy on the alignment of your life and business? Yeah, so let me first address the comment you just made about I see people all the time who are successful according to whose standards, mm, right? right? So, and don't believe everything you read on Facebook. I personally feel like everyone has read Wallace Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich. <laughs> and everybody has learned about the impression of increase. And so they are faking it until they make it, right? And I think what people really mean by that, because the premise is true, right? You You have to act as if and you have to speak what you seek until you see what you said, right? We know that. We we know it esoterically, and which is why we think to do it. Mm-hmm. But what, when we're being inauthentic in that space, we keep ourselves from it. So, so why do you need to get in alignment? Why do you need to deal with the bust in your life so that you can experience every boom you're, you're meant to have? Because it's your divine mandate and assignment. And that might sound like a cop-out. So let me just go a little bit deeper for you. So first and foremost, success is completely subjective. But it's, I think it's less about success and more about significance. And as John Maxwell says, says once you taste significance, success will never do. Because see, success is based on someone else's view of you. Significance is your view of yourself mm-hmm. based on the way God sees you, right? right. And if you are going to be on this planet for whatever the average lifespan is these days, to be in a life experience that is anything but significant it was a waste of the energy to have created you. So why do you want to have everything be in alignment? Because it's the way to ensure that at the end of the day, your life has purpose and meaning so that God gets the glory. Because that's all he's in it for. He only wants the glory. Like he gets no joy in you struggling. He is literally up there, hand, head in hand, SMHing shaking his head over the things that you go through day in and day out because you're waiting on him to wave some magic wand and change your your situation. You're waiting on him to put a ram in the bush. You're waiting for him to part the Red Sea when he has already given you the power to create whatever it is that you want. So being in alignment is about taking command of your existence and your birthright of being here and everything that comes along with it for you because it's different for everyone right Right. success to one person might be you know the big house the sex success to someone else might be someone to share it all with success to the third person might be person might be all of the above and then more you get to determine what you want success to be but see most people have a false sense of success because i remember when i had a lot of money in the bank And I was technically successful, but I was lonely and I was miserable and I was unfulfilled because I didn't have anyone to share it with. And I was doing meaningless work, right? It started way back when I was in corporate America, when I woke up on December the 17th, 2004, and I realized that that was the day that I would change my life forever because I finally took control of my destiny and decided to stop sitting behind someone else's desk and taking what they wanted to give me instead of going out and getting what I came here for. Mm. And I think that if we are conscious, every single one of us has that moment when we realize that our purpose and our significance is not being served and fueled and we start to seek out ways to make that happen. That's significance. And what's cool about significance is that along the way you get quote unquote success, 
you'll start making more money. You'll yes. get a nicer car. You'll get the bigger house. You'll get whatever the materialistic things are you want when you seek and chase significance, right? It doesn't matter how many people, there are a lot of people out here, they're not chasing significance, they're chasing likes, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? On social media and likes don't keep you warm at night. Likes don't line your checkbook. Likes don't help you to help the people who are underprivileged that you really want to serve. Like the big reason why I do everything that I do is because of who I was as a child. When I was young, my mom went to jail. And if it weren't for um, the Angel Tree Project, an Angel Tree, if anyone, if you don't know, that is the organization, the national organization, they may even be international, that gives to the children that have incarcerated parents. I wouldn't have had a Christmas beyond the age of eight were it not for Angel Tree, right? Mm -hmm. To this day, I go and I volunteer at the or for to the organizations that serve the children of incarcerated parents. I go and I talk. I give back my time and my talent to show them what's possible for them. You don't just because your parent went to jail doesn't mean that has to become your life right. and your story, right? And so I I give back to that. And that's for me, that's a big part of my success and the why I, you know, want to make more money. Because I need to be able to help other people on this journey. That's what it's all about. I don't want it just so that I can say hi on the hog on the hill. I want it because I want to shake the planet. I want to be the ripple effect that people need in order to be able to experience life at the next level. And that will only happen if I'm chasing significance. That's good. That's good. And so you talked about this idea of 2004 where you wanted to take more charge, more responsibility for your life. And I'm sure that there are women who will listen and who are listening who are in that boat today. They're, they're working the job that they know is not fulfilling their purpose or really tapping into their truest potential, but yet they don't really know what next steps to take in order to take the reins of their life to create something for themselves. And so what would be some of that advice you would give them as they are thinking about wanting to do something on their own, wanting to start their own business or, you know, do something that would provide for them that influx of income to be able to live the life that they've always desired or craved? Yeah, I think that the first step is to break down what you really want, mm. right? Unabashedly. So typically when we tell people what we want, there's always a, um, a follow-up sentence, right? There's always a comma in an explanation as to why we want it. But you need to get to the point where there is no comma and explanation. What you want is a complete sentence, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would say that's the first step. And most people don't really ask themselves what they want. They're meandering through life. They're taking the next step that's laid out in front of them because they think that's what they have to do. But you have the right to choose. And so I think that's the first step. So while you're sitting behind someone else's desk in your free and spare time, get clear about what you want. Because I tend to believe, and there are probably a lot of other business people that would tell you that this isn't the truth, but this is, again, the world according to Darnielle. I tend to believe that your business and what you charge in your business is based on the lifestyle you want to lead. Hmm. Right. It's based on what you know. You have to have expertise and you have to be able to solve a real problem.
but there is no in, in my in my mind in my world there is no what will your market bear that's like a lie <laughs> I mean I know they talked about that when I got my MBA but yeah no I don't really think about what my market will bear I find the people who are willing to invest at the level to get access to what I bring to the table so that I can experience the lifestyle that I want to have so that I can do the work I want to do to shake the planet so I was but but we have to get clear about that so for me Breaking down what you really want, when I finally did that exercise in its totality, without apology, without justification or pretense, I realized that it was less about the money and more about somebody to share it with. Hmm. I had the million dollar business and I was miserable. And so I stopped chasing the number and I started chasing my purpose and what I really wanted. And I, as I did this work, as I got clear about what I wanted and broke it all the way down to the nth degree, things slowly but surely started to show up, right? So there's a, a universal law that's based on the scripture, Matthew 7 and 7, right? When you ask, it is given. When you ask, God unconditionally has to give you what you ask for. There is no, well, I'll only give it to you if you, um, if you ask me for it on the third Tuesday of every month at 1237 p.m., I'll give it to you. No, it's unconditional. But we have to be willing to ask without pretense or without justification or without backing out. So what tends to happen is this. So let's just say let's say you work a, a you're in corporate America and you happen to be a six figure sister in corporate America. And, you know, to come out and start your own business, you need to make at least three hundred thousand dollars. Right. So you say. I want to build a business and I want to make $3,000, God, I mean, $300,000, right? And so that's what you say. And then you start thinking about it. And then you're like, your feelings and beliefs start popping in. Mm -hmm. But if I make $300,000, I'm going to have to make, I'm going to have to pay more taxes and people are going to start showing up out the woodwork, wanting something from me. You know what, God, what I really need is just $30,000. That's it. If I just get $30,000, I mean, I won't be able to live the way I used to live, but I'll be able to live okay and it'll be okay. And then by the time you're said and done with all of these limiting beliefs and thoughts that you have just thought up in your brain, all you really want then is $3,000 in a Tic Tac. Listen, <laughs> yeah, no, like you have to decide what you want and stand firmly in it, period. And once you decide what you want, this is what Emerson says, what I think is so powerful all of the universe will conspire to bring you what you decided. And, and that, con that conspiring will be the rising up of positive forces and negative forces, right? So part of it is the test to make sure you really want it because God is willing to move heaven and earth to bring you what you want, but he wants to make sure that you really want it mm. and that you want it with belief and not doubt and that you want it in faith because it is only through faith that you can please him. And so... Good things and bad things start happening when we decide. And most of us, the bad things that happen, they take us out. And that's when we start reverting back from what we really want and we decide to settle. You know you're not supposed to be sitting behind that desk. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying walk into your boss's office today and quit unless right. you have a plan in place. Right. But you know you're not supposed to be sitting behind someone else's desk. But when the rubber meets the road, as they say, you think it's You know what? It's not really that bad. I'm only 12 years from retirement. I can do that in 12 years. Listen, 12 years may never come. This past Saturday, we buried my 32-year-old cousin. 32. It may never come. And so some of you are sitting there and you are settling for the struggle that you're sitting in instead of figuring out how to strut and 
significance because it is really, I mean, raising your deserve level will raise your significance level and it will allow you to see everything different. I invite you to try on a pair of glasses and see things through your eye of significance, right? It'll change everything, but that would be the first step, breaking down what you really want. And then once you get clear about what you really want, what you're going to do is expose the gap. There's gonna be an obvious gap between you, where you are in this moment and where you truly desire to be. And that gap will be filled with fear, with limiting beliefs, with self-sabotage. There could also be a gap in skill, right? So for instance, if you work in corporate America as a paralegal, but you wanna come out in entrepreneurship and be a relationship coach, there might be a skill gap. So there might be some work you need to do in order to fill that skill gap um, cognitively and to learn some things and to position yourself differently to be able to speak to who it is you really wanna be. On one of our tour stops, I think it was our DC stop, there was a woman who had a full-time job that really wanted to be working with women in divorce. And she's like, I know I'm supposed to be working with this, these women in divorce, but yeah, you're gonna have to lose the butts if you really wanna have what you want. Once you identify and expose that gap and figure out what's all in the way, you have to be willing to decide and take the decisive action to break through that gap to get what it is that you want. So as, as a boilerplate for you, before you start, because there is more work to be done, right? You, you do have to then make a transition plan. And that's part of that decision and that consistent action to get what it is that you want. You have to get your skill gap up. You have to make sure that you understand the core ten tenets and components of business so that if you're coming out and you need to be generating revenue right away, you're able to do so. But you also need to understand that the recommendation is that you walk away from your job with nine to 12 months worth of living expenses saved because it is quite possible that you will get out into the marketplace and not make money right away. Uh, hello, my name is Darnielle. And when I first started my business in 2007, I made almost nothing. And I lived a six-figure lifestyle coming into entrepreneurship. It's the reason why I ended up having to file bankruptcy because I lived on my credit cards. I robbed Peter to pay Paul because I didn't create a plan. I didn't think it all the way through when I got out into entrepreneurship. I don't want that for you, which is why I would also recommend that you work with a coach that specializes in helping people make the transition from employee to entrepreneur. I have clients on my roster that that's what they do. I'd be happy to connect you if that's where you are. But there are some things you need to get in place first before you step out. Because the Bible says in all things, be wise. So don't you be no fool talking about, I heard the spirit of the Lord tell me to quit my job today and I don't have a plan. Don't you make that mistake. I've been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. It's not the one I'm wearing now, but I do own it. <laughs> and, and let me say this, that, you know, and, and, and that same advice, I was definitely told even for myself. And I know I didn't have the nine to 10 months worth of expenses saved before I had decided last June to step away. Uh, but what I did know I had was I had been building the last three and four years, a client base of people who had already found value in what I was doing. And so that being a part of the plan, and now I'm, I'm going on 11 months and I can't say that it has been smooth, but the fact that I've been able to make it 
11 months and identify the people who find value in what I have. And the reason why, you know, and, and just all transparent moment, the reason why, even though I didn't have the money at the moment mm-hmm. to hire Danielle as a coach, I made a decision based on what I believed I knew I could do to create the money to pay Darnell. Right. The other piece too, whether it's uh, me still living or thinking below my potential, I understood before I decided to make the decision to step away, I understood what I needed to do to keep my living expenses low so that I could walk away. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't and still am not living the six-figure lifestyle, right? Now, and there's still some things that I possibly could cut, but I had made a conscious decision that I knew that I wanted to work for myself one day. Yeah. And and I knew that I needed to make sure that I wasn't going to have to keep a job just because I couldn't afford to live without it. Right. Right. And I, you know. think, I think you make a good point, Marquise. And I just kind of want to pull back the layer on this, especially for those people who are listening. Um, because when you are starting a business and you're like, you're until you get over, I would honestly say until you get over 150, 200,000, you should be keeping your expenses low. Because mm-hmm. the majority of the money you take in, you're going to need to to pay your bills and to handle your, your needs. Right. There's this, this point when you get beyond like 150, 250, where it starts to shift, mm. you start paying yourself a little bit less so that you can bring on a team, right? And then as you creep over 300,000 to 400,000, it starts to shift again. You're still building out a team, but then you're starting to pay yourself more. And then once you get beyond a half a million, 750 to even over a million, your income really goes up, but you also have lots of support in your business and income to pay them. Mm-hmm. So you should be trying to be lean in that early time frame in order to make sure that you don't miss the basic necessities, if you will, while you are building out. Because there's a lot of people as they're starting their businesses, you know, they don't even realize what they don't know, right? We, I always say there's, there's what you know you know, right? Right. And then it's what you know you don't know. And then there's this whole other set of things that you don't even know that you don't know. And those things that you don't even know that you don't know are the ones that take businesses out, which is why the statistics say that nearly half of every business that started each year ends in the same year that it was started because they weren't even thinking about these things. And the expenses, your personal expenses, as well as the expenses you'll have in your business are real. <laughs> They're really, really real, right? And so you've got to, you know, reconcile what you need to have in place in order to get the support you need at a bare minimum for your business while also being able to handle your obligations so that you don't have to end up like me in in bankruptcy because I didn't do it right. Which also informs you on the type of business. The reason why I decided on the type of business that I currently have Mm -hmm. was because I knew that the entry level to starting that business as far as expenses was going to be extremely low. You know, right now, you know, I'm only really spending with all the various tools and 
all the various things that I have in place in order to kind of help me automate my business and to meet with my clients, uh, so on and so forth. You know, right now my expense for my business is only around about fifteen to seventeen hundred dollars. You know, because a lot of uh, my client base is uh, lives in, live in other states, so we meet via Zoom. Uh, we do our coaching calls and uh, different things like that virtually. Mm-hmm. And the the cost of entry was very low when it comes to coaching and consulting and that knowledge-based, expert-based type business, you know. Yeah. But, yes, I know the expenses will increase when I – because I've already shared with you, I need a virtual assistant. I need somebody to help me. And so I know that I need to uh, add that to the expense level, but it's still manageable as I keep moving forward. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's important to be thinking about those things along the way. Again, this is something that people don't tell you, you know, yes, there is, depending upon who you are and where you are in your business and what it is you're looking to do, you may need to come out the gate and hire a coach, Mm -hmm. right? There, there are some people who really do. There are some people who can get to a certain point and then bring on a coach. You have to gauge that for yourself, right? But there also comes a point in time in your business where you need the expenses of coaches and mentors. Because once you start making really good money, if you don't want to pay a whole bunch of taxes, you need to be spending it, right? Mm -hmm. So there comes a time when you're just constantly investing because you need the, the, for lack of a better way to describe it, you need the write-offs. And I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want to reduce mentorship to write-offs, but there does come a time when your money is really good, especially um, depending upon your, your legal filing status, right, um, for taxes, how much money you need to spend in order to be able to reduce your tax liability. Like, that's a very real concern, right? I remember the very first time we crossed the million-dollar mark in my business, which was 2014, and I was an LLC, just a straight LLC. And for those of you who know about um, legal entities and LLCs, the benefit of being an LLC is you pay taxes once, right? So you get if you're a sole member LLC, you pay taxes once, you get what they call the pass-through. But you're still paying taxes on all of the revenue that you come in, less all of the, the you get the the exemptions from the um, expenses and things that you have. But when we first crossed over a million, I didn't have enough expenses to avoid a ridiculous tax bill. So a lot of the reason why I stand on my pedestal, if you will, and I or, and I shout from the rafters, okay, it's okay to want a million dollar business, but make sure that you have everything in place to, as you build that million dollar business, not to make all this money just to give it to Uncle Sam. And so there are so many different considerations and things that you need to think about. Now, some of you are not even there yet, right, to be thinking about those things, but those are real things that you're going to have to consider and think about in your business and making sure that you're getting the support that you need at the right point in time so that you can manage and mitigate some of the risks that are associated with growing your business to a level. And and here's a great part to stop at, mm-hmm. you know, because people often ask me why I invest the way I invest in coaches. Mm-hmm. And what Danielle just shared with you was that she, she has created, had, million dollar years in her business. Markeith has not. <laughs> so if I want to also create million a million dollar business as a coach, as a consultant, then it would be advantageous for me to get coaching 
from the individuals who have already been there so that they can give me the blueprint and help me avoid mistakes to get in there. Absolutely. Now, the other piece of that is, is that it is not inexpensive to be coached by the mm-hmm. million dollar business coach. What am I saying? That if you want the information, if you want the experience and the expertise, you got to be willing to invest on the level for which you're trying to get to. Too many people are trying to get to places in a expeditious way without being willing to invest in themselves to get the coaching that they need from the people who already been there. Yeah. They say success leaves clues and the most successful six and seven figure earners, they find a system that's working and they work it. They're not recreating the will. And what's happened sometimes for newer entrepreneurs is you want, you think you want to escape the investment, right? And so you don't invest, but then it takes you way longer to get Mm -hmm. to where it is that you want. And although maybe you didn't lose money, you prevented yourself from earning money and you lost a lot of time because you were trying to piece together the strategy from all of the free stuff that's available to you at the University of Google, right? And, and, And while some of it will work, Yes. There's so much you don't know, right? There's there's the part that you don't even you can't even see and can't even fathom that you should even be thinking about that that you didn't consider when you tried to copy somebody else's marketing campaign. Mm. And and it doesn't work for you, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, it's it's always a choice. Life is is filled with choices and you can decide or not decide whether you want to invest. I know personally, I have invested more than a quarter of a million dollars in my own personal development. I will continue to invest until the day I'm in the ground in every way. I mean, I have financial management coaches. I've had, I've worked with relationship coaches. I've worked with business coaches. I've worked with branding. Come, I've worked, you name them, we've worked with them and we will continue to do so because I understand the value of investing, right? And there is a, a, a universal law that I'll leave with you is the law of circulation. And basically what the law of circulation says, it says that abundance is already here. And it is expanding around you at an ever-increasing rate. But there are things that each of us can do to stop the flow of abundance in our life. And one of those things is not investing in yourself through other people. Mm. That's one of the things that can stop stop the flow. And if you don't have clients, if you are a, you know, most people are coaches and consultants that, you know, follow you or follow me. If you're a coach and consultant and you don't have a coach, you don't have someone helping to guide your ship. That's why you don't have clients. Because I wouldn't dare invest in somebody who's not investing in somebody, especially if they're a coach. Because that means you don't even believe in your own industry. Yeah. And I'm not talking about joining some, you know, $19 a month uh, membership site and calling that coaching. Because that's not specific to you and what you need to move your business forward. I mean, someone who has their eyes on what it is that you do that can look at the structure of your business in every way to make sure that it's moving in the direction and trajectory that you want. And I'm also going to say this. I was talking about this yesterday at the tour stop in Chicago. One of the things that burns me up are people who call themselves business coaches but don't understand everything about business. Mm -hmm. Do not call yourself a business coach if you don't understand everything about business. Call yourself what you are. If If you only work on the marketing piece, then call yourself a marketing coach. Because what you need to know is that while marketing is important, marketing alone won't grow your business. 
Because you could be marketing all day ever of the week, but if you don't have the right pricing, <laughs> all the marketing in the world and bringing clients in is not going to generate enough revenue for you to be able to have profitability in your business. So you can't just know one piece of the puzzle and call yourself the complete puzzle. So if you've been calling yourself a business coach and you only work on one piece of it, switch that now. Be the financial management coach or be the, you know, whatever for the piece that you manage and not the entire thing. Because what you're doing is you are setting people up for failure. They're hiring you thinking you're a business coach and their businesses are not growing based on the skill set you bring to the table. And you're tainting it for those of us in this industry who know our lane, are staying in our lane and are ready to serve in our lane and can't do so because you got to them first because you happen to be great at marketing. And, and it's not fair. This is one of my problems. I'm sorry. I don't know if we were supposed to go in this direction. But it's one of the things that bothers me about the coaching industry. I wish they would regulate it. I wish you had to have a certification to call yourself a coach. Just like to call yourself an attorney, you have to pass a bar. I wish they would do that. I really, really do. Because then we would stop ruining people's lives in the name of coaching and making it hard for those of us who really know what we're doing and what we bring to the table to truly transform lives. This is so good, so good. And I know Darnielle has other uh, meetings that she has today, but I want to give you an opportunity, Darnielle, to talk about what you have upcoming uh, in the next uh, couple of months because I know yeah. that I'll be there and I want to make sure that people are introduced to uh, your events and things that you have coming. And let me say this, that this coaching works I've been getting coaching uh, over the last three to four years. And since I've been working with Darnielle since towards the end of January, so only about two months, I had my very best week last week in my business. Never before had I ever experienced uh, closing the amount of money that I closed in contracts with new clients on uh, ever in my business. And last week I had the fortunate opportunity to close close to $18,000 in contracts with clients only because of my raising my own deserved level through the empowerment, through the encouragement, and through the coaching of, of Darnielle, of teaching me how to raise my prices, of teaching me how to establish packages that uh, that my clients would find valuable, but then also helping me to identify who those clients are and stop, as she would say, stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Yeah. So, Darnielle, go. go ahead. Yeah, so, um, so right now we are preparing for our annual live event, Breakthrough in Business, which is a three-day mindset shift and spiritual alignment incubator. And I know you're like, what? Breakthrough in business. So here's what I know. You don't need more strategy. The marketing and sales strategy that you already have will work when you get out of the way. So Breakthrough is a highly experiential, highly spiritual environment for you to deal with everything that's in the way from what you have been praying to God for. So I just finished up uh, four stops on my tour. I'm doing a virtual tour stop tomorrow, Thursday, March the 28th. If you'd like to preview the content I'll be teaching in May, you are welcome to register. It's $49 and you can go to breakthroughandbusinessevent.com forward slash tour. The actual live event, which we will be offering to those who join us during our virtual tour and have joined us in every city, is happening May 21st through the 24th, just outside of Philadelphia in Wilmington, Delaware. And it will, it will, it will give you 
everything that you need to finally put fear and limiting beliefs in their place, which is out of the way of the growth and trajectory that you are wanting and that you are praying and snotting and crying to God for. Because I know you're praying and you're asking him to do this and you're asking him to do that. And then you're waiting on him, but he is busy waiting on you. And so in order to have things happen differently and your business show up the way that you want, you need a breakthrough. And so if you have a business that you know isn't serving you and is not giving you everything that you desire, I have a breakthrough with your name on it. And you can get it by going to breakthroughinbusinessevent.com, breakthroughinbusinessevent.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Dario, thank you for today's conversation. So As we talk about raising your deserved level so you can when I know that you're busy and I know you have a lot of things going on. So I just appreciate you being and taking the time out with me today. My joy, my pleasure. Anything for you, Marquise. And to those of you who are watching, thank you for spending the time with us. And uh, I appreciate it. And hopefully I'll see you in the future with a breakthrough. So I hope that those of you who joined us today had an opportunity to Get some of your questions answered through what we talked about today. I am always ecstatic and that you join me live right here on Facebook Live as I interview some of these most important people that I believe are valuable to you. So I hope that you have a great rest of the day. Continue to type your questions in the comments, and we'll be sure to get back to you on those questions. And you can learn more about Darnielle by going to darnielle.com. And she has a wealth of information there that you can find out more information about her business and about her. Also, I'd love for you to leave me a rating or review on the podcast. This will be uploaded to the Marquis Brain Podcast, and you will have an opportunity to leave those comments and let us know. If you are interested in getting a opportunity to work with me. All you have to do is go to MarkeithBrayton.com and I offer you a complimentary discovery session where we can talk about your business, talk about your brand and how we can help you to maximize and monetize that brand so that you can create the life that your brand should make possible. Have a great rest of your day and just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. 